Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Well, that has escalated quickly. A lot of news this week. I guess I'm driving the nine car, guys. Buckle up, because it's about to be a wild week as we roll into Gateway. Also joined by the second best Ryan that we could find and who's willing to come on the show, Ryan Flores, Coke 600 winning front tire changer. We're going to talk about all things Coke 600, Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott, Pit Row Boats and Woes, and Jessica Hook, the commander-in-chief of the Garage 56 Project, right here on Stacking Pennies. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're out here stacking pennies. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I am Corey the Joy, driver of the number nine this week. Got the call yesterday. It's been a bit of a wild day since then, but here we are recording before the news has even really dropped. I'm joined by my normal band of buddies. To my right, Mr. Chuck Bush. Hey, how's it going there, big guy? How you feeling? Kind of a brick right now, to be honest with you. <laughs> Jonathan Merriman. What's up, cup guy? Hey, buddy. And then a uh, round of applause for Ryan Flores. Oh. Hey. I, I got to change my second place trophy to first place. Oh, we, we've we've got you covered. Oh, you know, geez. Did you on. get him another one? Yeah, here, here, Corey. You want to hand him? Oh, this? we got a certificate yeah. of awesomeness. Reach it over here. <laughs> I finally won a points race with Ryan Blaney Award. I hereby <laughs> award this to. I have won Forrest. a points race with Ryan Blaney before. <laughs> what was the original picture in that frame? Yeah. It looked like some. Good. I get to put this. Love that. Right here. Put it right there. This is great. This is an audio show, so start talking. I was, yeah, um, that's for social. I was just showing, showing my. We were talking on the way over here. Your resume of a picker guy is actually much more impressive than people might realize. It's getting better. So, what do you say? Fifteen rings, some of the Xfinity side, some of the Cup side. But for those who don't know what a just a ring is substantial of, there are yeah. certain events: Indy, Daytona, Charlotte. Is there any other ones? Indy, and Daytona, championship. Charlotte championships. All-star. All-star race. Um, Texas give out rings ever? They, they just give out hats. I got, well, but we won the all-star race at Texas. We get a buckle, right? So it's not bragging if somebody asks what your accolades are, but now you have won, as a tire changer at the Cup Series, what big races? So Daytona 500, uh, two Coke 600s. That's a big deal. This one was way better than the last one because the last one was during COVID. Uh, yeah. And we went to victory. It was like the third race back from COVID, and then we went to victory lane, and there was like literally nobody there. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. the car wasn't there. There was nobody in there. There was a six-pack of glass Coca-Cola bottles. Could you even go into Victory Lane then? Or did you have uh, to, like, wave I, to I mean, there was just that. really nobody anywhere to stop you from doing anything. <laughs> yeah. There was nobody. It was literally like a test session with a winner. It was yeah. that. We walked to Victory Lane like, oh, okay, there's nobody here. And then we took pictures by ourselves. And didn't um, we race, like, that Wednesday before? It was like a Wednesday, like and then a, we came yeah, back a couple yeah. days later and raced the 600? Yeah. Yeah, a couple Xfinity Series championships. I think I got four or five Xfinity Series championships rings, and then, like, Indy Xfinity ring. Um, Were you on Brad's car when he won the Southern 500? No, I wasn't. Uh, I won Bristol with Brad. Uh, New Ham- Like, Bristol, New Hampshire, Richmond, like, those are wins that, that you really want. Um, and, like, the Coke 600 is, for crew guys, for anybody, 
How many stops y'all do? Big ten. And we did all of them in nine second range and they were all within half a second of each other. So that was like that was a big day. And you know, we'll get into it boats and woes, but the twenty four had the best day that in NASCAR history. Nobody has ever had a better day than that. Yeah. Ever. And like when when there's people that are, are that good, like when there's a team that's doing that, especially they're pitting from fourth every time. Yeah. They're in pit stall one. So they're going to come out with the lead. Like you have to like mitigate that in your brain. Like, Hey, we're not here to win a race off pit road. We're here to win a race. Well, let's just get right into that. Cause instead of waiting for pit road, which was, I found that interesting of like, you guys saw the 24 and they were just rifling off stops. Yeah. Sub nines, eight, six, eight seventies, eight eighties consistently. And you could find yourself, like you just mentioned, chasing those guys yeah. and making mistakes. But you guys kind of round, did you round up the troops? No, just like we, I think we did like a nine three or something at one point, which was a really fast stop. And then like we all turned around and look at the big screen, and I think uh, someone was like, "What the? F-? Like, how do we get beat?" And I was like, "Yo, it, we're here to win a race, not to win a race off pit road." And then we chose to do an adjustment. Second to last stop, we came in fourth and went, or came in first and went out fourth, right? And it was like, I feel like the narrative with the twelve team has always kind of been, "Okay, what's going to go wrong?" And it was like, hey, we did a fast stop. We weren't great on rolling time. The 24 beat us. The 45 had their best stop of the day. We're still in it, right? We, we're still in the first two rows. We just, we can't chase time. We have to do what we know we can do. And yeah, that was, you know, that we had such a good car that you didn't have to chase that. When your car is that good, you just put the darts on the board and, you know, you don't have to hit the bullseye. You just got to get close, right? You got you. The 24 could beat us every time we drove right back by him. So it's like, okay, that's fine. Learn to cope with that. Do our deal. And to, to put that number of stops in that tight of a window is very hard to do. And it was that was a, a grown-ass day. That was a grown-ass day for a grown-ass dub. Chuck, you look at a thought. I mean, not to take anything away from, from the win and, and the 12 team. I think that, that you know we can break that down here in a bit in the show. But, I mean, off the top, that's some pretty big news. I mean, you're filling in in the nine car. Yeah. Like how does how do you feel about like what what what's going through your head right now? It's, a lot. It was it was strange to me how fast it all kind of happened. Like I got a text at about noon. Like, hey, if they sit chase out, you're gonna you're gonna drive it. And I was like, what? And didn't hear anything until three o'clock. And once you know NASCAR told Hendrick they had to sit him out, which we'll get into that here in a second of the Denny and Chase incident. Um, it was like, hey, it's happening. You're in it. You want to run a seat? What helmet you want to run? What fire suit you running? And I was like, drinking out of a fire hose. Still am at the moment. So I don't really know what emotion I'm feeling, but I'm excited about it. And it's a far cry difference from from still when I started my cup career six years ago. There was a Twitter page, did Corey crash? With a update, yes or no, every week. So going from that guy, just trying to to swim and stay above water and try to learn the ropes to filling in for a champion like Chase Elliott for Hendrick Motorsports is just, it also just feels thrilled to say even right now. That was a savage Twitter page. It was just yes or no. Wasn't it was, it? And there was a couple of strings yes. of like eight weeks yes. in a row. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we talked about this a little bit when, you know, your name was in that conversation to fill in when Chase, you know, hurt his leg, but just right now me bringing it up, Take yourself back to you handing Rick Hendrick a handwritten letter at the Hall of Fame when right after Jimmy Johnson announced his retirement. You'd love to drive the 48. I mean, would that Corey believe that this opportunity? Now, granted, the circumstances are what they are, but 
You're still driving the damn Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah, car. I wasn't ready. If I if somehow the plans would have lined back then to drive the 48 by by whatever chances, which my chances back then were zero, I wouldn't have been ready. Whether it be in my maturation, my game, my knowledge of the race cars, and just the person I was wasn't ready for an opportunity like that. And you know, all that being said, it's still it's one race, right? We're going to Gateway, and my execution is going to be the same. My preparation is going to be the same as I would for the seven. And, you know, we've been, I think, stacking pennies where we're at now. But going to a big organization, I thought about that this this week. I was just riding on the road thinking about something of like how – I almost was thinking about how much information and, and like understanding of how the sport works from not being with a big team growing up or really seeing that of like working with three elite teammates, working with a – shop full of elite engineers you know and you kind of see it with denny or see it with guys who have who have joey with guys who have driven for those teams from the jump of like how much more of like an understanding they have of like how to exert the most amount of themselves and others so i'm excited to see a peek behind the curtain as to what makes those guys exceptional and you know multi-time champions as well so i i do hate it that the precedent has now been set, you know, from, I don't think, I didn't agree with them suspending Bubba at Vegas and it kind of put painted them into a box where they had to lay the same penalty for a similar instance, even though I think it was, I think the two instances were, had similarities, but they were vastly different. I think one was reactive and one was premeditated. I mean, Bubba chased Kyle all the way down the straightaway to get to his right rear to hook him where any race car driver that's ever driven a race car and got stuck in the fence, He's their good. first reaction is to take a left. Whether you hit the guy in the door, whether you catch him in the right rear bumper and end his day, it's like, hey, man, you feel slighted in the way of you ending my day, you're coming with me. And that's exactly what we saw, but certainly a sensitive topic right now. But it's odd. Before you get too deep down that road, your demeanor, you got the call right here when Half you walked in the ago. studio and your demeanor has completely changed. Like it went from kind of having fun to like, I can't tell if you're nervous or if Hell you're excited. Hell yeah, I'm nervous. If you're excited or like uh, – Maybe a little arrogant. <laughs> no. No, that, that, that left. Because like oh, I think well, you know, when you drive any, a seven – Any sort of arrogance is going to get beaten submission somewhere. Like as soon as you think you're good at the sport, it, tells, it reminds you that you're not. Well, it's easy to have a chip on your shoulder when you don't think you have the best equipment. Yeah. Right. But there's a huge – I mean from any aspect of this sport – pit crew, crew chief, driver, and all the way up and down is there's a like two paths of a career. And it's when you want to be the guy and then when you are the guy. Mm. And they're two almost very different roles, but pressures. It's a, sure. it's it's all different. It's yeah. like you you know, you think you're going to the racetrack and running the same race as everybody else and you are, but it's like self it's also like self policing, right? You put that pressure on yourself. So I wonder, like, I think the the first thing that you're gonna have to deal with. I remember asking Chase Elliott this when he first got the when he first got the ride in the 24. I we were out somewhere, I and I was just like drinking. I was like, man, I got some big shoes to fill. And he said, I'm just trying to wear my own shoes, man. And I like I remember that and that stuck with me. I was like, that was a damn good answer. But like, what would you say shifts in your mind as far as like goals or expectations? Because that's the trap, I feel. Yeah, you could chase it, and you just jump in there thinking, and you're going to run top five. It's like, hang on a second. There's 
18 guys who are capable of winning a race any given week. So you don't, you're not going to instantly plug yourself into a car of that caliber and be ahead of those guys. Right. So my plan is to do the same thing we've been doing this year and just allow the, t- the strength of the team leadership, Alan Gustafson to like speed of the car, speed of the car, speed of the pit crew, even though my guys have been solid, it's different when your guys are solid and you come down 10th and leave seventh, right. Versus coming down 24th and leaving 22nd. Like, getting... but it's easy to be in the nine car and say, I can get a little bit more in my pit box. Mm-hmm. I can drive this thing a little bit deeper. Like it's just gonna, all the, all it takes you know, is one, one pit road penalty and your day's done. And, or you slide long, right. And put your guys out of position, mm-hmm. right. Like it's the, it's the whole premise of the show stacking pennies as you stack those pennies to learn. So yep. when you have a dollar, right, you're not going to waste it. Yeah. Cause the pennies have been stacked. You can go apply and buy. spend your dollar wisely. Yeah. And that's what we're going to do this weekend. It's certainly an opportunity to, it's an opportunity to hopefully show myself as well as other people, what I've been thinking uh, my potential is as a race car driver. But I also think that you have to just settle in and, and just, be appreciative of the opportunity, and also I just, I don't know what to expect because I've never and driven. The goal of the seven car is not to go there on twentieth. No, uh, you know the goal there. The goal is to go win, right? When you go to Atlanta, you go there to win. Yeah, you, you go to the racetrack, not just to go to the racetrack. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you, it's not like you, you and Sparks go there and go, yeah, we suck. See no. how we do, no. right? Like you go there and you're racing your asses off and you're doing good with your. It's going to be the same thing that you do with the nine. Yeah, it's just going to be hopefully a faster, a bit car. faster car. Too. That's it. And, you know, I think that that like to that point, exactly. We run 17th here to the Sunday and it was a grind and we were throwing front rounds in it. We changed sway bar stiffness at one point in time of the race, just like chasing the ba- balance of this car. You see me wave at you at all? Because we didn't. I see you. I just don't acknowledge He's sitting you. there working. I, I, was we ain't waving, I was waving at him. We ain't friends. Yeah, I know. You didn't even call me to congratulate my world 600. I was like, hey, man. I called you today. The hey, day man. after. It's, no, I ain't waving Ryan. at you. We ain't friends. We ain't friends on a m- Monday. We're not even on the same lap. We were on the same lap. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was personal. I, I'm, I'm still I'm listen. To, listen. I'm not to Eric. I'm rolling hey, your ass hey, listen, right here in front of everybody. Listen, listen, I'm still, I'm still your friend. <laughs> I know. I'm not in the car. So yeah, like we, we don't, we go and we legitimately think at our place we should run 17th on speed, not 23rd, 24th, yeah. and like through attrition and missing the crashes and just blocking the tackle and run 17th. No, like we sh- feel like through that, we should run seventh on those days. Yeah. That's why we were frustrated leaving the racetrack. But then I look at the points that I scroll through the points. I'm like, Oh, shit. 20th in points. Yeah. Right behind the 99 in front of the a Penske car and the two in front of several good cars with a couple more guys. I think that we can actually go past. So That's I think 10 spots better than, than what your budget says you should be for sure maybe 12 right yeah. i mean there's really i mean front row spends more money than us if, if we were on paper um so i do think we're ex- exceeding expectations but we exceed expectations because nobody wants it more than sparks and i right like Correct. and we're bringing those guys like the the effort and preparation that we put forth like we are doing the small things right and that's what has led to the points here and there that have got us in front of those guys but that's what I think it's going to roll into this week is just when I go to the simulator at eight, when I go to the shop at seven 30 tomorrow and sit down with Alan, like I'm going to see how those guys prepare. I'm going to see what data they look at. We're going to go to the DIL simulator from eight 30 to 11 o'clock and run through qualifying. Cause Alan says we got to qualify well. Cause pit road there sucks. 
Got to get a good right. pit box. All those things are being talked about on a Wednesday. You know, you don't want to be a guy that makes excuses, but what does it feel on the flip side? Like, how do you feel about somebody else getting the seven? And then how do you feel about what you've built there? Yeah, because we're, dude, we've been building that thing from literally the ground up. No, but no employees being employee zero one, white and board out. Like, hey, I think Sparks can do it. Let's get him. Let's get the engineer. And we built that place to a 38 or nine employee place and running solid. So yeah, it is going to be like watching somebody dance with your, with your girlfriend at the at prom. Yeah, walk up to him before the race go, hey, you scratch this bitch the least little bit. I'll tear your balls off. <laughs> Give him the old Rowdy Burns. He's running pretty good the last couple of weeks in that uh, Junior Motorsports Prepared Spire Xfinity car. But Welcome uh, to the show, kid. Welcome to the show. It's been a little different. Speaking of welcome to the show. I hope he don't bend it up, though. I will be at a little sideways if he puts a scratch. Danny McBride was was at the show. Yeah, got to meet him, too, for 15, 15 minutes or so. A bit of big fan of his, right? Kenny Powers, Leanne's son, Griffin. He dressed up as Kenny Powers for Halloween one year, so he had the Myrtle Beach Burnman's jersey. He wanted me to get it signed, so I wore it. Like, I, I had my rain jacket on, right? Did you sign it to Corey? I've been – no. <laughs> I, uh, I was sitting there talking to him for, like, seven, eight minutes. I'm like, well, you know what? Like, I've been tired of wearing this son of a bitch all day. It's hot. And I just unzipped it, and he goes, oh, man. So, he signed the back, and then I eventually – I told Leanne, I said, hey, call Griffin up right now. We're going to make a deal. So, she calls him up. Hey, what do, what do you need to trade for this Danny McBride signed jersey? He goes, how about a helmet? deal so Ooh. i traded a helmet for that dana mcrogers so i could keep it mm. so now guys i'm starting to become i'm starting to get a little collection i got that rowdy burn signed fire suit oh yeah and a kenny power signed jersey chuck i and mean don't forget your your 79 fight picture and i got my fight oh, picture yeah. and this one too this sweet thing behind us signed cars back richard there. petty black and white oh dude i scored big this week so i went over to circle b diecast they had like 200 diecast signed out or laid out that I signed the windshield done. And they have this badass run of old school cars. So this is a obviously a Kale Yarbrough, the one they went out of, fen- out, out of the fence with at Darlington. Oh, yeah. And like, you know, threw it. So what's on the court? What's on the quarter panel? Abingdon, Abingdon Motor, Motor Company. This is a banjo car. Okay. So I said, you know what? I appreciate you paying me for these, but what I really want to get compensated in is old school diecast cars. That dang Dude, look at this Twenty-one, A Junior Johnson signed freaking hot rod there. And smells like moonshine. It does smell like moonshine. And this Dan Gurney, something you don't Dude, see very often. I love that. Dude, it's candy apple red. Let's get let's get in the weeds here. Let's get, let's just, let's get down like, into it. I like the weeds. I don't love it. I don't I I don't love more rules. Yeah. But I just think it's crazy. Like I remember watching the truck race when Jack Sprague had the white gloves and hooked, you know, yeah, spun out. Who'd he spin out? Maybe. I don't know. I thought it was Edwards. May, uh, Carl Edwards had white gloves Skinner. on maybe one it was time. Mike Skinner. I don't know. Probably was. But it, like when I saw Denny Hamlin's tweet with SMT, that's all I thought about. Yeah. was like, man, we've come a long way from Jack Sprague with white gloves making mm, a hook. That was, right. yeah, that was old school SMT white gloves. <laughs> but I just don't like it being on a public forum. Well, I mean, it's it's out there. I don't. I think yeah. F one does a good job with it, right? Like, if you're gonna have the data, give it to everybody. There's no reason yeah. to keep it a secret. But yeah. I just don't love like we have to suspend guys like this all the time. And I think it opens a can of worms. It's just every week there's people just calling for people to be suspended. Yeah. And what happened to like for me? It's like what happened to boys have at it. What happened to Ray? like? There's I think I think there's a point in time where it crosses the line. 
And I think when you're going back straight and then you hook a left and yeah. wreck somebody. In front of the field. But like that, that was a racing deal and kind of a bang, bang deal. But like you said, if, if Bubba got suspended, it's just hard because it's balls and strikes and you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. Now, now, had they not suspended Bubba, then they wouldn't be in this position where they have to suspend Chase. But there, but you know, I think there was more that went in. There was a fight. There was wasn't a good look. That one wasn't. Now I just don't like any suspensions. Like, and I don't know, man. I I don't envy anybody's position that's making these calls. No, no. but it's got, and it just makes their job harder. But well, there's also there hasn't been a clear conversation had between the league and the drivers in like a closed room meeting of like, hey guys. This is what you're going to expect to happen yeah. if you crash somebody on purpose. Yep. If, if you want to sit out a week, try to kill somebody on the front straight with Charlotte. If you want to spin somebody out in the corner, so be it. Right? Like, I, I don't know. that, But however they want to rule it and govern it needs to be transparent to what the drivers can expect as retaliation. And I think that that's what they're going to have to do moving forward. It's not going to be like – it shouldn't be balls and – it should it should be balls and strikes. If you do something and then you should expect – some sort of, I don't know, if you retaliate against somebody in an egregious fashion, then you should expect to get whatever is laid out for that amount of, I don't know, action. I mean, I think if you want to really hit somebody where it hurts, is I would just, in the wallet. just hit the wallet. And the points. Because it's both. 100 grand, 100 points. But but then you're like hurting the team too. You, you can know? do driver's points. Yeah. Even though the team's paid off at owner's yeah, points. Yeah. Man, I don't know. It's just, it's tough. It's tough, but I, you know, I think there needs to be accountability for the drivers for sure. Yeah. But it's definitely making. Well, I, I would say that that I, I like I think they were just two separate instances. Same outcome. I believe same intention. But I think that Chase's was, was more reactionary where Bubba's was more like, I'm going to go chase this guy down for the next 75 yards and hook his ass. Yeah. And then I'm going to get out and fight him. You know, like I think that they were a little bit different in that regard. But nonetheless, the outcome was the same. Yeah. Yeah, it's but tough. it's not a good look when you have two stars of the sport being Chase and Denny Hamlin. I don't know, man. It seems like Denny's the one common denominator, whether it's Chase, whether it's Ross, Ross Chastain. Chastain. He finds himself at the losing end of several skirmishes. Yeah, I don't know. I he did. Denny did get in Chase, right? He hit him on the restart, and then he put him in the fence. I didn't, I didn't see what led up to him, but I don't know. I, when I first watched it, you see the flame come out of the pipes for Denny. And I was like, okay, Denny didn't mean to stick him in the fence. Oh, he lifted? He lifted. Okay. Then you look at the SMT, and he only lifted like 70%. So Came he, a little bit. That's what I, I was like, okay, I was more to the side of Denny, like, oh, he didn't mean to stick him in the fence. He lifted to try to not squeeze him super tight. But he put Chase in such a bad arrow spot, and he didn't lift all the way out. If he would use some break, if he'd have lifted all the way out and gave him a shot to he get only it. 30% minute. He only 30% met it. only lifted 70%. Bam, bam. I'm sorry. <laughs> but Kareem the fence, bro. I mean, just FedEx, FedEx overnighted his ass head onto the fence. Whew. Like for years, we'd go to Charlotte and have a boring race for the all-star race. And now Charlotte's like the best track, and we all go there once. It's a really good it's intermediate. It's so good. It's bumpy. It's worn out. Takes a ton of swings in terms of balance. You have to be – a really good crew with a lot of notes and knowledge on the direction the track goes with air temperature and humidity. Cause that track, man, starting at three, ending at what do we end at nine o'clock at night, went through a big balance shift of your car, my car anyways, just tightened up a lot uh, over the course of the night. Where your car, 
from what you said, you were stayed free pretty much all day, but you just stayed ahead of it. Yeah, I mean, I from what I understand, some air pressure adjustment. Yeah, uh, he was just free all day and tightening it up. That's why you know we took a shot at it there at the end, even even more. And at the end, is when he laid his fastest lap down. He was well, you know, you just I think Hassler did a great job staying ahead of the track. You know, and that's that's what you got to do when you have a car that good. You're like, all right, we'll just keep staying ahead of it. Yeah, his they first win is a crew chief, right? Yeah, I mean, his first points pan win is a crew chief, and he's done a great job with that team. We'll we'll get more into that in boats and woes, but but yeah, the the next gen car has has breathed new life in the Charlotte. Like Charlotte's yeah. entertainment factor. It's not right. like Charlotte was dead, but like even guys the just bust in their ass. Just bust, I mean. You know, you could be underneath somebody, Kyle Busch, spun out by himself. Put 20 car by himself. Seven times champion, like, Jimmy Johnson? Jimmy Johnson's tough to watch. It's Just, hard. it's tough to watch. I don't want to talk about The it. greatest of all time. Uh, to, to kind of that point, when you look at someone else who is in that conversation of being one of the greatest race car drivers of all time, Kyle Busch has an incident early, and I don't know how long he drove backwards around the track. Like, was that just him kind of going? No. I don't know why he was no. doing it. No. Uh, he said it. He said it. I, I don't I, wanna, he said, I don't want to tear up the underbody. So I'll find us. Because he was on the, like, the incline. Uh, okay. So I'll find a flat spot to do it. But, but to, like, the, the point of him being a good race car driver, like, he has that incident, and then he battles his way back up, and he finishes, what, sixth? Yeah, because if he, if he spins that thing out and hits the bank in the wrong spot and tears the fuser up, Your it stays day's over. Done. Yeah. So, like, that was, dude, Kyle Busch is, his racing iq is higher than almost anybody in the garage yeah and yeah he did that the only thing i wish he would have done he might have i don't know in here he said uh if he would have said uh give me high gear just give me high gear. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is the accelerator's fixed if he would have done that is the transmission screwed it was just a good visual seeing that thing just going around the track 600 delivered again though it did yeah it had everything it had cars yeah. going backwards i love it when guys are busting their ass though you know, like because yes. the cars are hard to drive, you're trying to make grip. The tires are gripped up, and you're on the razor edge, and you overslip it that little bit, and it's game over for the 20, for the 84, for I mean, fill in the blank, the 45. Damn near spun out, didn't? He had the wall there to keep him straight. But a lot of guys, a lot of guys ended their day short. Bums me out that we repave Texas. <laughs> they just need to bulldoze. I don't want to bring up some old stuff. Yeah, Texas, golly, Texas would be dude. so sick. The best. You mentioned it earlier with the attrition. And, you know, it was due to wrecks, not necessarily like engines mm. failing, but it had that old world 600 feel of, you know, cars not making it the full yeah. way. This time it was because, you know, they're spinning out wrecking whatever, but it just kind of had that older feel yeah. of you got to be there at the, the end, yeah. survive. Yeah, and that's what survive. I love about that race is it's, it's about surviving. Well, the something I miles. noticed too, after like the third pit stop in which we j put jack stands underneath of it and we're just like wholesaling it. I asked if we had any kitchen sink left in the in the pit box to throw at this thing. But, like, you saw the five with the hood up making adjustments. 48. You saw the 48. chain. I mean, when guys are doing that, it's because you don't have practice. And the aero platform of these cars are so sensitive, man. You can – let's just – for example, you could put a round in the front – the left front and right front of these cars and raise the nose up and put – it shifts probably a percent of rear percentage into it and add some total downforce. It can change the – the handling of the car completely, which yeah. I don't love the fact that they're that sensitive. Uh, we saw, I was talking to Tyler Reddick on Sirius XM earlier today. He said they hit some debris and it knocked an engine strike off and put a hole in the floor and they weren't quite as good after that. He said they thought they were a top three car and then got that underwing damage. So that's how 
microscopic the gains and the losses are where if you knock an engine strike off that's a half inch long up beneath the body, it can yeah. ruin, it can knock handling and downforce out of your car. So that all wrapped up into Ryan Blaney's post-race interview, right? Getting emotional, saying you you start to question if you can do it, if you know how to win anymore. It was what, 58 races? 59. 59 races since his last win. And everybody, you know, Kyle Petty's on saying he's the next Casey Kane. Can can't live up to the hype that's around his name. He's super fast. Can't get the job done. The f- does Kyle Petty have to do this? He got the t-shirt. <laughs> but like, think like those sort of people can act and say that they don't read that stuff. It gets to you, man. Everybody's human. Everybody has feelings like, and to see Ryan Blaney get vulnerable right there on the front stretch after that, the, arguably the biggest win of his career. When I, I've been on the journey with Blaney, right. And kind of in the trenches with him for, for, I had 70% of this winless streak. It just, when I heard his interview, I just was like, man, it's hard. Cup racing's freaking hard. And it wears on you. And, you know, that was my biggest takeaway is like, he's not, I, he's never gotten vulnerable like that. I've never seen him like that. And it's just when you finally do it and you're like, oh, I yeah. can do this. Yeah. And I think everybody on our team was like that. Like, we know we're good. We know we're good enough to do it. You just don't get the results. And it's the, the sport just beats you down. Dude, it beats you down. And you right. have to be able to deal with that. I think that that's like the sort of stuff that – that's where Stag and Pennies came from, of like figuring out things to keep not only yourself motivated to continue to get better at your job, but also like how to re- like gain confidence in what you th- believe that your potential is as a race car driver. And certainly Ryan – hasn't been outspoken about that before. That's why it's so refreshing to hear him say that after the biggest win of his, of his career. So yeah, I'd love to dig into that more with him in a later episode, but we got a bunch of stuff flying off the rack for you guys here. Me driving the nine Ryan Flores willing that 12 Ford Mustang to a Coke 600 victory. I want to get that. Um, You're welcome, but also by the way. we're going to sidetrack a little bit, Chuck, because we've got a guest coming in who I've been super excited to talk to She's the woman that is essentially pushing this Garage 56 program over the pond. Jessica Hook has been tabbed and called the commander-in-chief of that Garage 56 project. Jessica Hook coming right up after this. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, guys, very special guest joining us right here in studio, somebody who I've been super excited to talk to, who most of you guys have probably never heard of. So a couple weeks ago, I was reading an article on NASCAR.com about the Garage 56 program, and the person sitting next to me is dubbed, quote unquote, the chief of staff of the Garage 56 project, and I just, I was thinking about all the championships and people they have over at Hendrick Motorsports. And of all of those people to head this program up, Jessica Hook is the person doing it. So thank you for stopping by. Yeah, thanks for having me. So what, what I found it super interesting and why I wanted to get you in here is because your path 
to where you currently are is like similar to a path of like the active competitors. Myself, Ryan grew up sleeping on guys' couches coming from New Jersey, like with the sole focus of making it in motorsports. And I found that super fascinating. You grew up in Kansas, grew up going to the cup races when they opened the track. Mm -hmm. And you took a gamble on yourself, went to UNC Charlotte. Yep. And then you found yourself sitting on Rick Hendrick's plane after a Sebring test with Chad Knauss, Jimmy Johnson, and Jeff Gordon. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot that happened between those two no events. Doubt. But yeah, yeah, pretty well, much. Can fill in that blank for me a little oh, bit. Be How long do you have? <laughs> As long as you want to. It's my show, and they can run it all they want to. But I, I'm so, so excited to talk to you because it's like this this dream job story of, of believing in yourself, loving the sport enough to put all your eggs into, I wouldn't even call it the NASCAR basket because what you find yourself doing right now isn't a NASCAR basket specifically, right. but it's a Hendrick Motorsports basket. Right, yeah. So did you ever think that you'd be flying to Le Mans mm -hmm. being kind of the person who has coordinated the entire effort no like if no. you asked me a year ago or a year and a half ago i would not have believed it at all yeah so it's been a whirlwind for sure the whole the whole project's fascinating to me because it's the first time nascar has not the first time nascar has been in lama correct but it's the first time they've been 50 years right yeah so what is the task and what are some of the object objectives that are kind of laid out from nascar from chevrolet and internally at Hendrick Motorsports, what are some of the, the objectives and goals you guys are trying to set out for? I think what we're trying to do is just show what we're capable of, you know, to show that this car can not only perform well and, and be fast, but also uh, last 24 hours and last with a multi-class racing type style of event um, and just show that we belong there and that we're, you know, just a high high-level, high-caliper performance engineering racing team. Um, it's actually funny because we've had people come and, and visit the shop from outside of NASCAR, you know, at from the FIA, the ACO. And one of the first comments I had was they just were in disbelief about, you know, Hendrick Motorsports and the organization and, you know, you've been to our campus and how big it is. And it's unbelievable. The, the first comment he has, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is like an F1 style type of racing. And, they, you know, they just don't know that over there. They don't see that side. So I think it's a great opportunity to show that side of, of NASCAR and that level that we compete at. So when you see Chad Knauss's name pop up on your Microsoft team, <laughs> app, yeah. right? and he says, hey, stop by my office. I got something to ask you. Yeah. You had no inclination that he no. would be tabbing you or just at least telling you, hey, this is what we're going to do. No and idea. And we want you to be the one that's doing it. Yeah. I mean, the only thing, so Chad had just done some of the EMSO races with Jimmy and I had um, kind of talked to him about that because that was what I had just gotten out of working in NIMSA. So I kind of just told him a few of the basic things um, just to help him out a little bit. So he knew I had that sports car racing background but beyond that yeah i had no idea what it was about or definitely didn't know lamar so before you got on the garage 56 program what were you doing at hendrick were you just a shop engineer uh yeah so i just moved over i was working as a design engineer and i literally just moved over to kevin mendering's group i think i was there not even a week i want to say it was like two or three so that's days the test team is it yeah that what kevin like up? yeah performance engineering group um 
yeah, so he wasn't very happy that he lost me like <laughs> so two days after in, I started yeah. working for him. So I guess my question would be when we switched to the next gen car with your IMSA experience, because these cars are, are, you know, way different than the truck arm big sprint cars are running and more like an IMSA style car. Mm-hmm. How much did they lean? Did they lean on your knowledge of that? Not really. I mean, just because it, it the car, I know it has some similar components, but it is very different and the tracks they go to and they're very well equipped, you know, anything I've said probably wouldn't have helped much they were already on it has your sports car experience helped with just the knowledge of how the weekend's going to be and how tests run is that you know how much has that helped you you know being around a bunch of nascar guys yeah i mean it it helped i mean i'm very familiar with all the tracks we've been going yeah. to you know sebring we've been there a lot um and I've, I'm familiar with some of the guys actually it's been great because I've been able to lean on some of those relationships I had uh, back when I was working in sports car racing I've been leaning on Bill Riley a lot um, and he's been a great help great mentor for me and uh, so it's kind of nice to start those conversations with those guys again and just kind of be in the paddock again of the with the IMSA guys. You might have been standing out there last week that they took the Garage 56 car to the GM, like out front of the GM Tech Center. They were taking pictures of it. Yeah. And I cruised by. Oh, yeah. And, I roll, and, and uh, Chad saw me roll my window down. I was with my grandpa. He was in the front seat. And Chad was like, why don't you take this thing for a spin? I'm like, that son of a bitch is way too nice for me to drive it. <laughs> that car, dude, he could, is yeah, he so called me. cool. He's like, dude, that thing is sick and per. It's yeah. like even more dude, cool and perfect. It's head. amazing. And people can make fun of headlights on a race car they want. The headlights and tails look like look badass. They, yeah, yeah. What are some of the things? I mean, that thing is a cup car, air quotes, on steroids. What are some of the challenges of taking what we, what the fans see, on a Sunday, and converting that car into something they can run? at full capacity for 24 hours at Le Mans. Yeah, I mean, it was a huge effort because basically every system on that car had to get looked at. Um, The biggest challenge that we had immediately was we had to lose 400 pounds of weight um, and then also add 100 pounds of electronics onto it. So really you're looking at 500 pounds that you're trying to shed. So we've been- What are some of those additional electronics? headlights taillights we've got some um, additional sensors data loggers we've got the aco morelli system that we have to run during the event um gps telemetry we've got bosch components on there i mean paddle shifters paddle shifters yeah mm. traction control i'm not sure on why that. paddle shift why not just go with the sequential shift it's faster um, protects the gearbox too does it yeah because you're going you know three thousand drivers miles. this is drive the driver drivers yeah you got to take that variable out because we'll mess that up in a second. How, how much? Yes, we do have TC. Sorry. Yeah. Oh. ABS as well? No, not ABS. Is there a balance of performance you guys have to kind of stay within a box of? How does that work? Yeah, it's a bit sticky. Um, they want us, obviously, to – this is what I'm saying with the multi-class racing. It's it's hard. They want you in a, a window to where you're not impeding any of the other cars' races going on and so you don't want to be in the way but you also want to be fast enough to where you're not in the way you're not in the way but you want to be slow enough to where you're not in in the way way. so there and it's hard because it's like you only have this event to really see where you stack up i mean you can do all the simulation work you want to do you can go to all these tests and try to do comparisons but lamaze is a unique track and you've got different cars that are coming in with their own balance of performances that are changing on, you know, after every race. So we really don't know until we show up there. So, 
so I found it super interesting that you're leaving uh, Sunday. Saturday. Saturday. Land Sunday, but leaving so, Saturday. Which is two full weeks before the event. Yes. It is actually it? used to be longer, by really? the way. It used to be like three and a half weeks. Yeah. So they, really? they close the roads down and make the closed circuit. How far out? You'll do that the week before for the test day, yeah. and then they'll open right back up. And then uh, they'll be open again until we're on track on Wednesday. So how many core group, like your team, what's your core group of, like, what's the number of those guys going? I think we're at, from HMS or just everyone? The people who have hands on the car. I think we're up to like 40. Okay. I only know that because wow. that's how many credentials we get. So, yeah. yeah. What, what are, so we were talking about just shipping the stuff over there. Mm -hmm. How much stuff do you have to bring? I can tell you, I just had to weigh it all. We're at 18 tons. 18, oh. I was just, and now do you have Not a spare, cars. how many cars do you have? Two cars. Two. Yeah. And then how many cars do you think you have in pieces? Like probably four. Yeah. Really? You have clips have and everything, like ready to go. Yep, we have spare clips, wow. spare bodywork, spare uh, greenhouse, like everything we've got. Because we basically have to be our own race shop yeah. there when we yeah. When you we can't go. drive down the street to Jim Bob's yeah. Auto Parts. And yeah, go. there's no Home Depot <laughs> over there. Dude, pa the packaging, like the packaging of that alone, is a full time job. Yes, yeah, it it's been brutal. Hopefully, you don't need to use any of those spare parts because you have three world cast class drivers. Oh. One of which is a spa champion. I'm mm -hmm. sorry, not Spa, Lamont Champion, uh -huh. and Mike Rockenfeld. Yeah, and your so, and your old teammate. Teammate from so he raced the he was my teammate at Watkins Glen and also the Roval. Him and I shared a rental car at Watkins Glen, so we get to spend a lot of time. Oh, I bet that was probably, fun. Probably equally as much time, if not a little less, of what the amount of time you've got to spend with Rocky. But spending time with seven-time Cup champion Jimmy Johnson. You guys are on a you guys are on a nickname basis. I was gonna say, he's one rental car ride. Rocky. Now he's hey, now he's Rocky. Well, me and Rocky are buddies, <laughs> bud. Uh, and then Jensen Button, F1 mm -hmm. World Champion. How unique and different, and what are some strengths of individual guys make the collectively that driving team strong? I mean, that that's way above me. Um, it, I think it's good because you know you've you've got like you said. Rocky, who, who's been to Lamar before, and he kind of knows the cadence, he knows the procedure, he knows the, that multi-class racing and can pass that on. Obviously, you know, Jimmy Johnson knows that car probably better than anyone else. Um, and then Jensen's just, a, you know, world champion guy who just gets in and goes fast. And I think they all have great strengths, but also they're what you, what you're looking for, especially with this project is cars, uh, our drivers that are just consistent, right? You're just, you're just need to get, go out there, keep the car clean, make laps, make sure we finish. And I think all these guys, from what I've seen with testing, they, they're really good at taking care of the car. And that's, that's what you're for Lamar. That's what you're looking for. Can you give us some of the juice? Like who's the fastest? Oh no, I can't. Come on. No. Darn. I was gonna say I still have another two two and a half weeks. weeks. I'll talk to you on yeah. June twelfth. <laughs> yeah. Watch the timing of score and see. I'd imagine Rocky's pretty fast. I they're mean, all yeah. very. Well, Jordan Taylor's coach too. Yeah. yeah, they're all and Jordan also he hops in and and is right there with them and very consistent. Um, he's he's really good, very valuable. They're all within a few seconds, really. They've I'm been sure no matter what happens for Jensen and for Rodney Sandstorm, there it's going to be a way better experience than running Coda. Because yeah. both of them uh, after the race were like, they, they went in smiling, they came out, 
And they were like, what was that? Yeah, they're not going to have a BMW stuffed up on their ass lap one. Well, I hope, hope not. not. <laughs> <laughs> she hopes not. Yeah, hope, hope not. So what's what's interesting and somewhat confusing, which I'm going to need you to explain it to me, is that I don't first – like, is, is there going to be a moment, like – after you cross the start finish line after 24 hours, like, is there a champagne popping moment? Like, yes, I hope so. We yeah. did it. Like we like is making it 24 with essentially no issues. Like the ultimate goal. Yeah. I mean, that's always been kind of number one goal. Like we have a weekly meeting, uh, technical meeting and, and we read off, you know, these are the goals just to make sure everyone is in the line. And that's goal. Number one is, you know, we want to finish on, you know, June 11th at four o'clock with the uh, rest of the field there. Has the car caught on fire yet? A little bit. (laughs) Just a little bit. Well, it's a race car, so. We've done that a lot with this, with the next gen car. So let's try to mitigate that. It was actually, I will say this, it's good because it happened during testing. So now we're prepared for it. So, and I'll say the guys just jumped in and it was like a swarm of guys replacing parts. I thought for sure, like we were done and within i want to say it was like an hour maybe an hour and a half the car was out running again so i think it's good because now we're prepared for that and we know what we need to do if that happens again what's what's this like the schedule of maintenance for that car over 24 hours how often are brake pads rotors brakes are going to be once probably at 14 hours oh wow that's not bad yeah they're they're carbon rotors carbon pads so they're, they're they're really good so you change both rotors and pads yes cool yeah we'll change those and then um oil the car's thirsty it'll, it'll drink a lot of oil yeah yeah is that the same is it the same 358 that we were on on sunday afternoon with i some believe tweaks? so yeah or the ro7 yeah. v8 yeah okay so you just add oil like you add gas? Is that how you would do it? I think we're going to do it every two hours. Like a gallon? So every other. Do it by the gallon? Oh, you're asking give me four person. tires and a quarter oil? Yeah. Give me, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. That's that's really cool. But ha- So l- let's back up a little bit before this project came about. When you came and you got hired by Hendrick, right? You, I found it interesting that you were offered out of college a lucrative job at Duke Energy. And you were like, no, I don't want to go engineer power grid. I want to go work mm-hmm. in racing. Mm-hmm took a job at Riley, mm-hmm. IMSA car, he started to go IMSA racing. Did you have NASCAR crew chief aspirations? Like what was your kind of vision of how you saw your career going at that point in time? Yeah, I think when I was in college or right when I moved to North Carolina, I wanted to be a crew chief because that's kind of all I knew was the NASCAR structure of that. Um, while I was in college, I had a professor that was the one that introduced me to sports car racing. And that was back when... Audi was really big with their R18, and I watched actually a documentary on them. Uh, it's called Truth in 24. It's a really good documentary. I highly recommend it. And that was when is I- it on s- Netflix? I don't think it is. Oh. I tried to find it. I think it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. Um, but that's when I saw, um, you know, the race engineers, they actually had a female race engineer, Lena Gain, on that team. And that kind of put that idea, like, I love that car. That was so cool. I actually got to see it in person in Sebring in 2012. And it's, uh, it was a diesel, so it's quiet. Oh, wow. yeah. And so it's crazy because you'd hear all these, you know, loud cars go by. And then all of a sudden you just hear this, like, like this whistle of the drivetrain. And I thought that was the coolest thing, you know, just as an engineer and, and that technology, it was really cool to see. And they were such a high caliber team. And, and it was like, like, 
the cool runnings guys you know the swiss yep. team that oh, you yeah. saw like they're so buttoned up and have all their stuff together and it was like i want to be on that type of team on that caliper of of racing so that's what actually got me into more of the sports car racing which is structured a, a little bit different but i still the goal was kind of the same to be a, a race engineer so it's pretty obvious you're in a pretty male dominated sport motorsports right and yeah. you're kind of what i found is super fascinating what i wanted to get you in to talk about it is like you are making your own way not the easy way right like you're taking the hard way and i, I respect that do you thank you are you content with what you're doing or do you want to do more i like, want to do more which is what's that look like i it's hard to say because this project has really opened my eyes to all the different positions within you know, a race team. I always kind of had a tunnel vision of, of race engineer, but now I've been working more on like the management side and, and running a race team. And now I'm like, well, that's, I've kind of enjoyed that side too. Yeah. And, and, you know, connecting with all these people and I, I people have been asking me like what I want to do after this. And I'm like, I, I'm actually, I kind of for, since I've been out of college, not sure because this really has opened my eyes to it. Yeah. That's my first answer is like, I'm at least going to take a few weeks off and, and have a little vacation. But then after that, I, I don't know yet, but I, I will say the sports car racing, this has, made me realize how much I miss it and how much I do love. So love is, that is the plan like when you're done with Garage 56 to take a week or two off and then go back to the Kim Mendering's group? I think so. You'll have to ask Chan. Oh, well. Let me know what he says. I mean, you can come on over to Spire. We could use yep. it. Okay, yeah. If there's over. a job over there, I'll go. You're you're a pretty good spot surrounded by a lot of great people. Is there mm -hmm. somebody besides Chad? Because Chad's the obviously the obvious pick who kind of tabbed you with this project to, to head up. But is there somebody besides him and Kevin who you almost share an office with Kevin Meandering over there that uh, you've leaned, you've leaned on, whether it's leadership, engineering, like who's that person over at Hendrick that has kind of mentored you? It's been a, right now. It's been Greg. I've been working with yeah. him a lot lately and um, just doing just lots of little things, anything that I can do to help assist him and, and work with him. And he's been, He's a great leader, you know, listening to him talk to the crew and talk to the drivers. I'm just trying to be a sponge and soak it in because he's so good with, with everyone. And um, he's kind of been the one that I've been leaning on lately. Have you told Jeff that you were a Dale Earnhardt fan growing up? No, I oh. didn't. <laughs> oh, man. I did not. But I, I did, and it is my goal. I need to get his autograph for my sister because growing up, she actually had – the full size Jeff Gordon cutout, cardboard cutout. Yeah. And I think she even wrote on there, like her name's Amy. Like, I hope Amy's my number one fan. So I was going to see if I could yes. get him to sign that some of her to say that. I, I would say that you've earned the right to ask Jeff for an autograph. <laughs> on Thank your you. I appreciate cardboard. that. The more you do at work, though, the more corny you feel when you ask somebody <laughs> exactly. to work with. Because now he's a coworker. Right. right? I know. It's like, eh, yeah. I don't want to. I know. That's that's the kind of position I'm in now. Is yeah. there, is there nice. pressure? Like, what, what areas in which do you feel pressure leading up to the. June 10th? Uh, I mean, everything. Just because I've kind of had my hands and everything with it, you know, like we talked about shipping and logistics, but I've also been working with the FIA and the ACO trying to get, you know, our car to pass scrutineering and tech and also updating um, all the documents. There's so many documents you have to fill out for that, but for just that one race. Um, so, trying to get that all done i'm working with our vendors our suppliers they're actually sending me pictures as we speak right now of our garage so they're setting up our containers our wall boards our gantry system all that's going up right this this second so i've been working with them and it guys 
communications. You're in Yeesh. France, so everything's a little bit different. So we have to just make sure we've got provisions and for for whatever we need. They build all that there. Mm-hmm. That's the crazy part, right? Is that you when you go to Lamar and you see all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Once you start working and you realize that it's all just people that built it, right? Yeah. And it's just about your team. Yeah. So that, it is crazy. The garages there, if you see the before picture, they look almost like a bunker. It's like concrete walls, you know, concrete yeah. floor. And then, um, but then you see it after the teams move in and it's, you know, F1 style looking garages yeah. and that's, it's crazy. And that's all, yeah, built by a lot of people. Mm. So what do you recall the day in which Chad told you to come into his office and told you you were doing a project? I know it was like, I actually do have this on my calendars, early March, like March 3rd or something like okay. that. Yeah. Cause we just, I just had like my one year. So like being on this. 14 months, give or take mm-hmm. of thinking about this project nonstop yes. every day. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I've told people, I kind of feel like it's my wedding day all over again. You know <laughs> how you have like this year of prepping and yeah. you meet with all the vendors and you, you don't really get to see it all together until the day, right? Till your, your day. So you're just kind of hoping and praying like your floor shows up and your cake looks good. And yeah. it's kind of the phase where and now it's like the planning's done. Now it's the reacting and, and getting there and, and making sure everything in our head has actually come together and, and looks good. And from the pictures I've seen so far, I think it, it is. Yeah. And it's going to look really good. It's one of the few things that's more expensive than a wedding. That's true. <laughs> yep, that's for sure. Not very many things. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, at least my wedding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it seems like that's quite quite the undertaking. What's a what's a win? What's a win for the garage physics program? Like other than obviously finishing. Say you guys finish. Like, is there a certain pace that you're looking for? Is there certain cars that you think you might be? Yeah, I think we're hoping to be kind of on par and close with the GT AM cars. So it's the LMGT class, which is basically the GTE cars from last year. And you've got a mix of drivers, pro and, and amateur. So we're hoping to be comparable to them and their lap times. And then like, is there a long-term goal in place for this? Like in 10 years from now, there's a full NASCAR series. Is that what this is? Or are you just kind of going there and see, like, are we just going there as a sport and seeing like. I think so. I hope so. And see I, where it goes. I haven't heard anything officially, but I, I hope that's the, the plan. Cause I think we definitely have the car and the team to do it. All right. And, one more and question. The, and the headlights and taillights too. Yeah. I, my vote is to put them on every week. Who's pitting this thing? You bring a picker, guys. We are bringing our picker. So we got a special exception. It was actually the ACO's idea because we were planning on putting air jacks in, like trying to make this car like a sport. Yeah, and the ACO basically said, like, no, we were expecting to see, like, we want to see a NASCAR style pit stop. So we're like, okay. So we're bringing our full on pit crew. Um, They actually are going to have a pit crew challenge the I think Tuesday before the race that we're gonna that we entered. So we'll be doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they they allowed us to fit Jackman. I, there's a lot of pressure for those guys. They they know they need a win. Man. But those guys are fast. Like last year, I think it was a 13 second. I can't remember oh, exactly, but that. I think they that's where they were at. Because the air jack is just so But know, is so there quick. choreography? Is the choreography going to be the same? You have it's two changers, a carrier, and a jackman? Yes. Yeah. So you're allowed two wheel guns and then, yeah, your jackman. Four guys over the wall, two two. Air guns if they use NASCAR choreography, they should smoke 13 seconds. I think they're looking really good. Show, yeah, it should be good. Show them how to do it. If you need yeah. the seven guys are fast. If you just need to tap them for a weekend, they yeah, can go. Take, they're Hendrick guys. What what's that? What's June 10th weekend layover on the Cups? Sonoma. Sonoma. Yeah, you might as well I, bring I, the seven I, car guys. I'll yeah, say it for them. <laughs> yeah, just, we'll, we'll just a couple fans to pit my car. I'm not very good at road courses. Um, so I'm going to ask you the three questions I ask everybody. 
you're no exception to a oh guest on Stack and Panics. If you had to pick one car and one racetrack to, in your case, crew chief the rest of your life, what mm. do you go with? Can this be like at any time? Your answer. I would love to go back to Lamar, but with like the Steve McQueen era, mm. like late 50, 60s, yeah. early 70s. Porsche 917, Ford, GT40, one of those cars. Just to hear them. Yeah. Just to hear that that engine. Yeah. It's a great answer. Thank we you. won't tell Jeff that you really want to be Earnhardt's crew chief. We'll keep that. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. This isn't air anywhere, right? <laughs> I don't think he's I don't think he's listening. Edwards back there is like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> um question number two. It is you don't have a ton of racetrack experience, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you you do and you don't. But what's the most embarrassed you've been? At the racetrack. At the racetrack. Yeah. I don't know. That is a good thing. That is a good if thing. If nothing I comes to your mind, you're in pretty good shape. If it, if, to make this Lamont theme, I've had very awkward situations in France in the bathrooms because of the way they're structured over there. What about them? So I've, last year I was at a restaurant and I went to go use the bathroom and apparently over there they put the sinks in the middle. Like you open the door and the sinks were in the middle for both guys and girls to use okay they're starting to do that around here some maybe yeah and so i opened the door and i just see this guy washing his hands and so i assumed i went in the wrong door and so i immediately closed the door and i like tried to find the waitress to like ask her where the woman's bathroom is and again she only speaks french so oh man she was like kept pointing there and i'm like i don't think that's right and then i opened it and sure enough there was another door so that was a bit embarrassing and Mm. awkward before i ask the third question Something else that I found interesting in that NASCAR.com article is uh, how you are a third generation engineer. Yeah. Your dad is an engineer for Boeing. Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Found that super and my cool. grandfather's too, Boeing and Bo- no NASA, kidding. Cessna. Yeah. I mean, I'm from Wichita, Kansas. NASA? Yeah. yeah my that one, just NASA. Yeah, NASA, you know. Cessna. That'd so did cool. he put Neil Armstrong on the moon? No, not that. Later, NASA. Yeah. Or if he has Merriman, they still have one to the moon. But you know, yeah. we'll we'll get into that. He was later in the too. Apollo era, but I think it was after after that. Okay, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. So it it seems like your dad's a huge supporter. Yeah. Super pumped up. Yeah. Proud of you. Yeah. What does he and your sister, who was to like you said, had a cardboard cut out of Jeff Gordon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do they think about you heading this project up? I think they're super proud. It was actually cool with that article. Um, you know, I got to call my dad and talk to him a little bit when that came out. And unfortunately, just it, it, it's hard for us to talk very often just with how busy this has been. But um, when that article was coming out, that's when I called him and we kind of got to reminisce on some of these memories of how I got into racing. And it was cool to relive that. And he he made sure to say how proud he was. His his line is, you know, you're you're just at the moon you know you're on your way to mars you're you're only at the moon right now and and that means a lot you know and he's he's the one that kind of gave me this whole idea and put together you know he saw how passionate i was about racing and also saw that i excelled in in math and i mean if it weren't for him i I definitely wouldn't be here and so i try to include him on the journey and try and take pictures and send text messages as much as i can that's pretty that's pretty cool yeah question number three we probably haven't got to the moment in which you're going to pick but if you had to choose if you had to lose all of your racing memories mm-hmm. all of your srt viper memories all your rally m6 car memories everything mm-hmm. and keep one what do you pick that's tough i think i'm again i'm gonna think about lamont so 
in 16, I went there and I actually got to kind of be a, a fan. I was there for a homologation that was happening the Monday after a race. So I got to fly. What does that like, mean? <laughs> yeah, we're way over our heads. Sorry. We're like, we're, we're like, we is know that, what happy is hour is. Like, right? Is that where like the, like the light figures pop up in Star Wars? And like they have a they deliver a message. Is that yeah, you're so close. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's We're uh, simple. It's a little different. Practice. Yeah. Happy hour qualifying race. That's yeah, all we know. I don't know, know what this screw is. Like, and then did you make it through tech, or did our car chief get thrown out? That's all we know. <laughs> That's where we're at. It's, it's kind of some. I mean, it's basically when I worked at Riley, we were a constructor for the LMP2 and LMP3 cars. So they they give you a rule a rule book, and then there's obviously things in there that you can adjust or declare and you have this document that basically you're declaring everything on the car so then that way when your customer's racing the car that's kind of the the book that they use to make sure you're within spec if that makes sense so i was over there because part of the process is when you fill up do this 100 page form then you go and get the car inspected and you either bring the fi official to your shop which we've done that or in this case we somehow we're able to bring our LMP3 car to Lamar and they basically just use the the park from a the tech shop that they had set up um, at Lamar. So they set it up so it was the Monday after the race. So I went there like the Friday before and got to go to like the driver's parade and kind of be more of a fan because I never got to do that stuff when I'm on a team. You're just at the garage working on a car, working on stuff. So I actually got to go to some of these events. And one of the things I got to do during the race was go across the track from the garage where the stands are and they have like it's like a carnival there like a weird european carnival like it's all different languages in the on the uh intercom or on the uh speakers and they've got like this guy jumping off this platform onto this inflatable balloon thing it's it's nuts and uh you is that a blob is that what we call a blob? Maybe. Yeah. I've seen them in the lakes where you jump on one yeah, and then the yeah, person the blob, goes, yeah. it's similar to that, but there's no the one. French fl- blob. Yeah. It's the bloop. <laughs> 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 they, uh, so they had that. And I mean, we were there at like 2 a.m. and it is still like party. Like pe- oh. there's tons of people there. They have these shops in there that's got like these really vintage old cool car, like Ferrari, Porsche. Uh, like if you're a car guy, it's just paradise. And so... We did all that, and then they have this Ferris wheel, and so we went and did the Ferris wheel, and there's, like, full moon. It's beautiful, and we're up there, and it's in the coolest spot because it's right where the Porsche curbs are, right before the Ford chicane start-finish line, so you can hear, like, all the downshifting, all the different types of cars downshifting and then upshifting going across the front straight, and it's just the coolest sound and vantage point and I remember it's just like this is why I'm here you know this is I love it I'm passionate about it this is one of my favorite sounds favorite places to be and it it was a good reminder of you know why why I'm doing it I still don't know what homologation means I don't know homologation means and I don't understand why it's called tech and why it's park for me I don't I don't know. Just language bearer yeah I guess we'll never I guess we'll never that's why they tapped her to do it instead of us yep <laughs> yep. You should come. It's it's a once in a lifetime experience. It is, but I'll be in Sonoma. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that yeah. weekend job really screws up my fun. I'm getting older, so when I give up this full time tire change gig, maybe I'll he'll go jump on the blob. Yeah, I'll go jump on the blob and try to win the picker competition. <laughs> and I've got some restaurant recommendations too. Yeah, which bathrooms to use? Not yeah. Well, cool. Good luck, man. It's so Thank exciting. We're so pumped it. for you guys, and I'm excited to watch it. I've never. I don't know much about Lamont. I'm learning about it, and it's 
pretty I'll, interesting stuff. I'll definitely yeah. be tuning in. So where where can people go and keep up with whether it be time of scorn or watch it on TV? Where where's the best coverage to watch it? So I think Motor Trend will be airing it. I think they'll do the full twenty four hours on their app if you have I think it's a, a four dollar subscription um that you can watch the entire thing. But then I think they'll have certain segments on TV. Um I also know I think the WC just came out with an app that they are promoting and using to also do uh video in car camera, all that stuff, which we will have an in car camera in our car. Awesome. Where can I watch that? I think it's on the app. I'll, I'll double check. I'll let you know. I'd watch that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. We'll get you some. Well, Jessica Hook, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks Good for having luck. me. Thank you. Safe travels. You too. Appreciate it. We'll have the Sonoma race on while we're over there. So we'll be Kay. watching you guys. Very awesome. good. We'll be watching you guys as well. Represent us well. Love Garage 56 car, guys. June 10th. These guys are flying across the pond to go give it to them. Led by Jessica Hook herself. She's <laughs> going to take them to the promised land. Right here, second fan. Thank, Thank you. you. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. All right, shifting gears back from Garage 56, back to Charlotte and Coke 600. There were several pit road boats and woes. We had lots of boats in the infield this weekend. Super Oof. rainy. There's a boat in the grandstands. Yeah. Well, Somebody showed that. that. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a boat up there? Huh? Yeah, there's like a... Oh, in a turn one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a boat. That's a boat. I'm sure there were some woes up there after several uh, rain delays and a lot of alcohol consumed. Right under the, where that boat is, the woes were going on in pit stall one and two early in the race because the six car picked pit stall two. Yeah. And the 24. The bully box. The bully box. Yeah. As Rocco calls it, but they got bullied. They got bullied by it, the 24. Yeah, and there was a there was an argument between Rudy Frugal. I don't know if it was an argument. There was a conversation because I ain't between dude Rudy Frugal and Matt McCall, the baddest who, guy in the garage. Who do you think will win in a fight? Matt McCall. I told my team this the other how day. long of a fight? The conversation came up. Do you think he knows Rex Quando? The, the conversation he knows all the Quandos. The conversation <laughs> came up in Dover about like like all the picker guys that I, like all all my guys. They were talking about like who's the toughest guy in the garage, and I'm like Matt McCall. And they were like, no question. They're like, who? I said, crew chief on the six. Yes. Kind of gave me a look, and I said, just hear me out. Cool. And uh, they were like, went and talked to the guys on the six, and they're like, yep, yeah, that checks out. <laughs> yep. Yeah, dude, black belt. Dude, he's a stud. Karate. But um, but yeah, it was tough because how long of a fight between Rudy and Matt? How, how long would that last? I don't know, maybe a couple seconds. <laughs> but I like Rudy. Yeah. Big fan of Rudy. Big fan of Rudy. Not, Not saying anything bad about Rudy. Rudy's a McCall, baddest dude in the garage. McCall's a fighter. Rudy's a lover. Matt McCall's not only a fighter. He's the baddest guy in the garage. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah, that's like when you wrecked the six. I was like, yeah, R.I.P. to Corey. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Where did I wreck him? Oh, California. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, what happened? Sorry, I wrecked you. Sorry. Yep, Matt McCall's going to kick kid. your face off. I know. I had to. He's like a ninja. But, but yeah, so looking back at that, they said that there was some sort of agreement they had, and they didn't stick to it. So I don't know what that looked like 
All but bets are off on the green flag drops. Char- dude, Charlotte's the toughest place to not have an opening. The tightest pit boxes with the fastest pit road speed. Most number of cars on pit road, too, because there's so yep. many cautions. Yep. We saw this. The reason that the lines are on pit road and the boxes that you guys have to deal with now is because of what happened between the 22 and the 11 here last year. So we know it's going to be an issue. A lot of interference, penalties with tires rolling into other pit stalls. Um, the deal with the 6 and the 24, though, the 24 drove through his box. That line, from what I understand, that line does not come into effect unless the car is parked in the box. Correct. So there's been a lot of conversation that of that in the driver's meeting, trying to get clarification. on. Yeah, that. because it's a tough call. You hey, can ruin your day. And if you put if you're the guy leading or you're the guy in front of the guy boxing behind you, that is the, your right to drive through that box. No, And like what I did this week, the 45 is going around us. I ran to that like I'm taking that and he's going to have to go around me. Because it's we we were in like a pit stall, the forty five. We had an opening in front of us, and the forty five was the next car, and we were like almost in a pit crew competition with yeah. them because we were running first, second, first, and third. Dude, tough, tough sledding back there on pit pit road. We were parked behind y'all. Granted, we were oh close yeah, you, you were close. You were so it went to twelve me. 48 who picked after us oh, yeah. so they had a terrible pit box selection the 23 23 and so then the 34 it, i think like there was everybody was on line right there and it worked out the worst way because it was the 48 was the meat and the sandwich because he was always he was always pitting behind the 23 he so he had a up. nose in and then he was in his box so i can't get nosed out or far enough in the box to where he can get turned out he would literally come out right in front of me every time yep. I had to put in reverse i felt bad uh, but hey shouldn't have picked that box man well yeah it's just tough you know yeah. you don't know who you know who's going to be or where they're going to be running yeah but yeah well, and also when you're picking i don't know where those guys rolled off fairly deep so they probably got the 30th for 31st pit box selection Dude, pit right stalls at charlotte are small yeah very small and very tight and it's, just, it's always been that way. It's always going to be that way. Your guy did a great job. Front tire changer did a great job rolling his tire to not get a penalty for you guys. I was kind of keeping an eye on that because you were stopping deep on the line. Jafar? Jafar would have to roll his tire and not get it into yeah. our stall. And he did a really good job with that. There's a couple teams that did not, you know, their tires trickled over. And it's just really easy to do there. Um, but that's part of the Coke 600, right? You have so many opportunities. You pit so many times that there's so many opportunities to – to be good or or to make mistakes, yeah. and that that's why it's such a hard race to win. Um, what else? Did, so thirty four lost the wheel. Uh, thirty four lost the wheel. They didn't have a nut on when it left. It seemed like so that that brought out late caution. Those. That brought out late caution. Um, the there was an instance green flag pit stops where the twenty car came in, and the thirty one was behind them, and the thirty one was leaving as the twenty car was getting there, and that's just one of those deals where. If you're the 20 crew chief, because they were super fast, you just got to like not make mistakes, communicate with the 31 better or, yeah, or, you know, see their pitting and stay out of lap. Yeah. You just don't want to put your guys in that position. And it set them back quite a bit, lost them some, some track position. And it seemed like, you know, they lost track position. Then they went to the back because they cut the wrap under caution. Can't touch it. Can't do that. Um, I don't know if that was a lapse of judgment, but. They definitely, you know, you, you speak to guys that had cars that the race didn't go their way. He's one of them. For sure. You know, and the, the 45, to Chuck's point earlier, the 600 is such a growing race because one one thing like that, and it, you know, hits the bottom of the car and Tip. knocks a couple tents out of it. Day's so. done. So, uh, yeah. So, 
who's on your pit crew? You haven't we haven't re- read your list. Yeah, we we talked about it, but our guys are dogs. I I've never been, and it was so relieving, right? Because I've never been on such a good team that has had such dumb stuff and been like we get ripped apart by Twitter. It's a I, thankless I don't know who job. The guy I'm sure. is. I don't know who the guy is, but there's the guy said uh, I I don't know his name offhand, but I'm watching. I don't reply to him, but I'm watching him. He said, uh, when I die, I'm going to invite Blaney's pit crew to be my pallbearer so they can let me down one more time. Wow. And then he tweeted me this week. Good job. Skip Floors and the rest of the pallbearers did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> I see you. I'm just not I'm just not replying to you. But, yeah, Trevor Apsey, tire carrier. Dog. Jordan Oshinsky. Oh, Jack, man. Dude, he's put on some meat. Beef. Just, just beefy. Beefy dog. He's be your Jack, man. I know. Dude, he looks like he's 250 right now. Just no, he's way more than that. Is he? He's like 290. I just, know there might be some hippo balls here. Just a beef dog. Dog. Uh, yeah. He's stretching that puma, that puma fire suit to its limits. Yeah. But yeah, he, dude, he's he's might be he's the best Jackman Jack on pit road. Really? He's great. Um, Chris Conklin, gas man. Dog. Zach Price, rear tire changer. Dog. Yours truly, front tire changer. Mm, chihuahua. Chihuahua. Hey, still dog. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. That was just a, you know, that it's just, it's so hard. I, one of our development guys asked me, and it's going to be kind of a corny answer, but he asked me a couple of weeks ago, we're sitting on bleachers. He said, uh, you guys going to get your win? And I said, man, I'm just worried about pulling front tires. Just worried about pulling the right front off. Good right front pulls. And he's like, what? I said, I can control that, right? I know that if I pull good right fronts, that I do my job to get there. Yeah. And that's. And then it takes everybody you know, else that, That's everything. my goal is yeah. to pull good right fronts. The result will – that will result in winning races. And he was like, what okay. makes What makes a pulling a right front the priority or the it's hardest just, thing? It's just, you know, that's what sets the tone for this. For me, yeah. right? Some people that might be easier. But for me, I know that if I pull a good right front, that the rest of my stops probably going to be good. Yeah. You know, and, and, I, and I set my teammates up for success. So, like, that's the stuff that I focus on where other people might – you know, they might have other cues that they have to do well. It might be on the left front. So that's, you know, that's just, you can get caught up in a 59, you can get caught up in stuff that people say about you or a 59 race winless streak. That stuff all kind of creeps in when it starts getting down to the end of the Coke 600, mm-hmm. you got a dominant car, right? Mm-hmm. And you just got block. Like, hey man, we're ripping. We know what you lean on there. And this is a perfect talk for you for this weekend, right? When you lean on there and those little devil shows up on your shoulder, like, you sure you can might get be it a done? caution here? Yeah, be ready for this last caution. Yeah, we what are you gonna do? 45 is gonna cut you off. Mm-hmm. 24 cars really ripping down there. What are you gonna do? How are you gonna keep up with them, right? Oh, yeah, and you just gotta flick them off. And the way that you're what makes you able to flick them off is the work you put in, That's it. right? And it's like the hey, from you know, from last Sunday to this Sunday, and every week in between from the off season, all the stuff that we've done, all the pennies that we've stacked, right? Get out of here. I'm I'm built for this. Yeah, that's right. And that you know that's what that's what our team I think has done, and that's what Jonathan Hassler's done a great job as a leader of like, hey, getting this team together. Where there there was you know the narrative was this team can't finish races, and he's brought everybody together, and you know we all believe as one group that we can, and you know you win a crown jewel, Blaney's first crown jewel, and everybody's happy. Cool to be a part of. I'm gonna take credit for that one because I wore his uh, shirt. Yeah, Sunday after that was the difference, Chuck. That, that was, was the difference. Good. I made the difference. I did everything and got bo- you know both of my friends named Ryan into victory lane. I wow. need to get a street. I went and raced street socks this week. 
Was that photo that you had on social media, uh, your was that your car at, at a gas station? Yeah. Did you just drive it up there and fill it up? Or? Well, I just drove, yeah, it was across the street, and I needed okay. to get gas, and I just fired it up and make sure it run. Drove it over <laughs> there and filled it up. See, that that's the type of that like I, I love that type of stuff like that's dude street stock yeah that's great yeah, yeah 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 that's the heartbeat of our sport like, i know at the end of the day that's the heartbeat of it and you could take that car there and run it damn near anywhere in the country hey i mean short track blue collar racing is what the sport's built on buddy yep you know what this podcast is built on chuck some penny for your thoughts questions As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. We got a couple of them. What do, what do we got? Well, let me pull those up real quick. Uh, we got one. <coughs> from Dustin Worthy, and it is for you, Skip. Okay. Uh, it says, at Skip Flores, as a crew guy, for someone who went on a winless streak, does this win remove a lot of pressure from you guys as well, or does the pressure remain to continue this execution? The pressure is what you make it, right? Pre- pressure, I'll, I'll steal a line from Logano, right? Pressure is a privilege, and you, you do this sport. Like I think I said to our guys at one point yesterday, this is why we do this. That's why this is it. This is the moments we want to be in. But yeah, it removes it quite a bit because like last year, I feel like, and, and Jonathan Hassler said this today at the, the Penske toast. He said, I feel like our playoffs started eight weeks before the playoffs did last year because we didn't have a win and we had to points our way in. And you, you kind of take a little bit of a log off of fire on everything you're doing when you're points racing like that. So yeah, it, I mean, it, it definitely, a win cures all and it gives you some freedom to be a little bit more aggressive but, you know, Blaney now, our team, one one or two points out of the points lead. Yeah, one. Yeah. And if you, you know, Ross is, is going through a rough stretch, and if we hit our stride now and win the regular season points, that's like having three wins. For sure. So, that I mean, I think that needs to shift and be the goal. Yeah. And, and it's an obtainable goal. So, yeah, you, you go from a year, you know, you could po- quite possibly go from a year where you, you know, as a you – didn't, you didn't make the playoffs with your, with your owner points. Yeah. And you to be in the favorite. To be, you know, to to win the regular season championship. And, you know, that's a – we want to go up against 24. The 24 is the strongest team right now. They're setting the bar, and we, we want to go against them, right? And that's what we want, and you got to want it. So, so yes, it does relieve – I wouldn't say it relieves pressure, but it, it definitely lets you be more aggressive. Sweet. All right. Next. Next one comes Question. from Drew. It's for you, Corey. Okay. What's your thoughts on joining the Drivers Only broadcast next year? It seems right up your alley. I'd love seeing you have fun with the guys. Hey, Kevin Harvick, he's he's leaving the Drivers Only booth and heading to like the booth booth. So I've know. got a uh, I've got an unpopular opinion here. Oh, I don't like all drivers broadcasts. Let the professionals of broadcast and TV do their job. There is less than a handful of drivers, myself included, that are even remotely as good as the people whose professional is to talk about the sport. So I don't know why we're making this big push to put these guys who have zero TV or radio experience to broadcast and tell the fans. I can understand the perspective of like an in-depth look, but you have to have people who can articulate that. And I 
be honest, I don't watch the All Drivers broadcast. I don't watch the pre-race show with a round table of six active drivers in there. It just it does like I would rather Shannon Spake, a Dylan Welch, like these people who are really well versed to cover the sport in a broadcast type manner than somebody who gets paid a lot of money to drive a race car and think they could be a TV guy. That's my unpopular opinion. Now, if they asked me to do it, I would do it, but I don't like it. <laughs> like if they, wanna, if they want me, I'll, said, I'll do it. I would that do being it. said, I would do it. But but I wouldn't enjoy it. But I would enjoy <laughs> it, and I would disagree with it until the check showed up. I would be fine with it. I just don't, I don't like the push. I don't like it. Well, I mean, it's only like what once. No, maybe it seems twice like pre-race we got every Tom, Dick, and Harry over at the Harris Boulevard Fox location, or doing Arca races, or all this stuff. I just, I don't like it. Scale from one to unemployment line. How fired is Harvick's bus driver? I didn't even see that, but I heard it was cringeworthy. I mean, it was funny, but I wouldn't want anybody in my mobile yeah. mobile house well he also knows who's paying the bill from from next year and beyond so i yeah. don't know yeah i don't know that's my unpopular opinion i don't think all driver broadcasts are a good thing yeah i mean it's also a good audition for guys that you know are looking for something to you know there's only so many like like nbc does it right yeah they got great analysts they got hall of fame guys up there they got dale jarrett kyle petty here's the thing about being an active competitor in the sport and being a media person, and I'm lumping myself into this, I can't say things how I see them. Right. I can't call a spade completely a spade because I have multiple bosses. Chevrolet, Spire Motorsports, NASCAR, every partner that's on my car, I work for those guys. I don't get paid to say my opinion on that. I get – I enjoy giving the fans a peek behind the curtain of what it is to – work as a competitor in the sport. If you want to be a v really good media person, you have to be able to tell an unbiased opinion. Fair. And if you yeah. are on TV and they put six or seven of these guys on TV every week, they can't call it like it is. They can't say when somebody's doing a bad job. They can't say when somebody's not performing well. They can't talk, talk about things because a lot of times they have conflicts of interest right. with the players that are on the, on the, on the ball field and to that end like on on one hand like i hated to see jeff gordon leave the booth and go you know fully to the team but on the same same side of that same coin he was biased when he was in the booth he couldn't call it completely fair because he's got a rooting interest in four cars on the track right and you know same thing with tony you know like i love hearing their perspective and i love you know the connection to the past of the sport with the hall of fame guys but there is to your point there's that unbiased like as a journalist you need to be you need to check your bias at the door and it's hard to do a lot of times you can't do it no you like you can check it all you want to but you still carry some because your job is to be a race car driver your job isn't to be a tv guy yeah so i don't think that there's a really big push of having all these active guys be analysts and color commentators and that's not what they're good at so let's get people that are good at their job and because this it hit me when I was sitting on the couch watching the F1 race, captivated by what was going on. Meanwhile, terrible race. Terrible race. Max like Verst I like the rain. Okay, uh, Max Verstappen won by 27 yeah. seconds. There was seven cars on the lead lap, but you wouldn't know that because they don't put how many laps people are down. When Bagman is calling his S's on the NBC broadcast, people love it. Why? Because it's freaking exciting. And he's not an active race car driver trying to play a TV guy. And I'll get off my soapbox now. 
Next yeah. question. It's a, a dude. I'll tell you what. It's a tough thing. Like I think we leave here a lot of times. Go. Did we tell the line? Like are we are we allowed yeah. to talk about that? Yeah. Because like we're not here for breaking clickbait. news. We're not here for breaking news. We're not here for clickbait. We're here to pull back the curtain a little bit yeah. to the race fan to say, hey, this is what's actually going on to explain the sport at a deeper level. This so when you're so watching hard. the broadcast, you go, oh, okay, I understand why that happened now. I can, I get it. And so you're not, so you're not worried about something dumb during the broadcast. You can see it for what it really is. Yeah. But it, yeah, to, to sit here and to bash people and call balls and straight, that's not our job. Yeah. But it is tough. But that's a good point. Next question comes from uh, Ryan Kenyon, and this is a little bit more of a lighthearted after our, our last one. Uh, Corey LaJoy, on a scale of 1 to 10, how hungover is Skip Flores for today's show? Not uh, very. He, he wouldn't know. He didn't call me last night. <laughs> I went to – I. Where'd you go? So Did you go to his house? No. I poured a Keystone Light and had a beer after the race, and I went to Tech because, like, yeah. I like that. Like I think that like yeah, like I'm out. like went to, like that's the cool part about Charlotte. I was in no rush. Went to Tech, drank keys, hung out with guys, cleaned the car after Tech, rolled it on the truck, loaded everything up, put yeah. the lift gate up, rolled my bike out, went to cookout, and went and hung out with my wife. Like it's eleven. Like it. Well, there'll be time. We'll, we'll yeah. all get together as a team, right? Like I don't. I Did don't you have know. pit practice this morning? No. No. I went in there because they had the. You know, it was really cool to win the double. Yeah. So I went in there to. Um, to is the IndyCar shop there? Yeah, everybody's together. Like, it's really cool because like they had the first female pit crew uh, tire changer that's mm. ever won a race. Really? She's changing tires on Joseph's car this weekend, so they train right with us. Right, they're in the PT room with us. So like, I want to get a picture of our pit crew and their pit crew together. It's really cool. But but yeah, uh, there will be a time when our whole team gets together sometime this week, probably later in the week. But it was Monday night. All of our road crew had to be back today to get the car ready to go to St. Louis, uh, so it wouldn't be you know it wouldn't be fair to kind of have yeah. a party without without them. And I'm sure Ryan went and did his thing with his family. And you know there'll be a time where our whole team gets together. There's an off week coming up, big yeah. party. Where we go, Gateway this weekend, Sonoma, off week. And I got one final question. Hit me, Chuck. From a, a J M both Buford Buford Buford. Frickin Janie. Is that Janie? <laughs> yeah, it's Janie. Frickin' Janie. She wants to know, is it no longer acceptable to rag on Flores for a P2 asking for a friend? She's not asking for a friend. She's asking for herself. She is. She is. And she haunts me from the grave. And no, you can <laughs> still always rag on yeah. Ryan for finishing second. But not this week. Not this week. Try again next week. Next week. Just don't run second. Nope. That all we got? Penny for your That's all questions? we got for Penny for your thoughts. I got a good Penny Stacker of the Week story. There was... <laughs> plenty say this five times fast plenty potential penny stackers this week Chuck Ooh. but there's there can only be one unless there's two some weeks but there can, this week there's like only be one so we had a fan day on Saturday morning at Spire you know come out 10.30 to 11.30 Corey and Tyson autographs were signed diecast cars we got substantial turnout surprisingly a surprising amount of people I go to I'm going to name the coffee shop Perkentile. It's right down off Speedo Boulevard. I go there at least once a week, buy coffee for the guys. I'm a regular in this joint. They are not the most efficient coffee shop, but nonetheless, it's the only one that's not a chain coffee shop, so I want to support those guys. So I go in. It's like 10.05. I got to be at Spire, which is probably nine minutes away from the coffee shop. 
So I go in there. I got like five minutes to grab a coffee and roll. So I go in there, order, hey, can I have a black cold brew? Sure. Here's your number. Pay. Sitting at the bar top. There's a uh, family, four, two sons, tw- mid-20s, one had a girlfriend and mom wearing – one was wearing a Chase Elliott shirt. One was wearing a Joey hat. You know, race fans, right? So I'm sitting there I'm on my phone, and I'm wearing Aspire shirts. They recognize me. Come over. Hey, Corey. The guy gives me a penny. Brand new shiny one. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, appreciate that. Listen to the show. Love it. And we take a picture, and we're talking it up for a couple minutes. So I'm sitting there. I'm looking at my phone. It's 10-12, 10-15. There's two women back there making coffee, dicking around on their phone, not making coffee. So I, I asked the lady at the cash register, said, I don't do this very often. And I come here every week. Like, could I just get this black cold brew to go? Like, fairly quick. I got somewhere to be at 1030. Yeah, sure, no problem. She walks over, tells the two women that are making the coffee. And I can see, I can't hear this, but I can see this happen. She says it to one and instant, like, torqued up. So the one that was told, can we expedite this order, looks over. She's like, what number is it? 20 so she looks and she finds me uh sure sir i have seven coffees in front of you and you don't take precedent over them so you can wait yeah so okay that's fine you can keep it though so i left right like i wasn't gonna wait on this coffee especially after getting the two i was i don't get torqued i was so mad i was gonna leave a negative yelp review chuck yo, okay, yo, <laughs> that's it's like i'm gonna I write a real, I was gonna straight care in their ass <laughs> googling Perkintile manager's cell phone number so I can call that son of a bitch up and tell him who he's got working for him. So I'm irritated, one, because I'm not caffeinated until I got to the shop and grabbed the ice cold Celsius. But I'm sitting there and there's a line out the door. Get there right at 1030. Probably 250 people there. So I'm signing. Signing. Signing for 15, 20 minutes. And I'm, you know, down. How we doing? Where are you from? Nice to meet you. Thanks for coming. After about 20 minutes, 30 minutes, this family of four Grabbed my coffee, brought it to the Spired fan day. Let's go. He's like, yeah, I saw you walk out empty-handed. I figured you paid for it when your coffee came up. I grabbed it for you and brought it. I said, my freaking dog. Yes. Josh with the coffee. Shout out to you dog, for making my day, even though I'm not going to go back to Perkins Hall because their service sucks. <laughs> coffee dog. Yeah. Going to Starbucks from now on. Yo, I had to leave a Starbucks the other day. Same reason. Can't do it. Maybe late. Matter. There's there's one off exit 33 in Mooresville. Can't do it. See ya. So before we wrap this whole thing up, I just want to know in real time, uh, tweets gone out. NASCAR's tweeted stuff. How how much is your phone vibrating in your pocket right now? It's it's hasn't stopped buzzing. Bubba Wallace uh, tweeted stacking quarters. (laughs) So we are stacking quarters. We are stacking quarters now. A lot of stuff obviously to be hashed out and figured out, but at the end of the day, the the objective is still the same is to drive a race car as fast as possible and to pass more cars than uh, that are behind you. So I'm excited. I'm excited for the challenge and the opportunity to work with um, that group over there at Hendrick Motorsports. And also, I, I still feel it's a little weird leaving, you know, your guys that you've been freaking digging with and you've been going to battle with each and every week. And I don't think that it's going to I think it's going to make all of us stronger. I think it's going to make myself stronger, learn, working with Alan, working with just that group over at Hendrick headed to uh, GM and Chevy tomorrow to get on the drive, the DIL simulator. So trying to get entrenched with that group and get fitted up for a fire suit and all the exciting stuff that comes along with uh, filling in the shoes of a champion such as Chase Elliott. So it's a big week, buddy. Um, And like 
like he just said, Joey says a lot. Pressure is a privilege. A lot of pressure comes along with it, but I'm just going to have some fun and let that elite team kind of carry me a little bit. So we'll see. Excited about it. Excited you guys to be along for the journey and to find out the news pretty much the same time as I did. So make sure you guys tweet us, hashtag Penny for your thoughts. Like, download, share, rate, review, all the things. Racing at Gateway this weekend, St. Louis. This is Stack and Pennies. I'm Corley Joy, and I'll be driving the Nats car this weekend.